This is the Education Gadfly Show. Bat behind his back or something? Yes, like a I'm a patrol. Come on, I'm talking about my Italian heritage. I'm just saying. What does Gadfly say? Hello, this is your host, Mike Petrilli of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute, here at the Education Gadfly Show and online at edexcellence.net. And now, please join me in welcoming our very special guest for this week, the Carrie Russell of Education Reform, Hannah Scandera. <laughs> Hannah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here, Mike. And also joining Alyssa Schwank, who is the what? The, the what? what makes some Americans reference? Yeah, I can be Paige, the daughter on the Americans. The daughter yes. who turns who is turning who into, into a spy, spy yes, for Russia. Oh, oh, spoiler alert. Ooh, Sorry, gosh. everyone. <laughs> so making reference to the show, The yeah. Americans. Yes. Which has been scooped by real life. Yes, increasingly more relevant day by day. Uh, day by day. And Hannah is not a Russian spy or as far as we, if you were, would you, you tell know, us? As far as we know. You know, we'll I've had that. a little gap in my work history. Lately. <laughs> Who knows what's going on? That's true. <laughs> and there were confirmation hmm. issues in North, North, New Mexico. Mm, so. It's true. Hmm. You never know. Uh, Hannah was the Secretary of Education in New Mexico, and she is on the board of Chiefs for Change in right. town for a Fordham Institute Chiefs for Change event That's this right. week, which we're excited about, mm-hmm. uh, and so glad you joined us on the podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. Well, good. Well, hey, there is a lot going on, a lot to talk about, and we're going to focus on next week's neighborly. Oh, I'm so excited. It's like Christmas for Mike. It- I was just going to say, Mike, you yeah. may be a little <laughs> bit of an exception in your giddiness I- around any test results. You know, uh, might be a little obsessed. Let's do Ed Reform (laughs) Update. Okay. Yes, Hannah, Alyssa, it's true. I I am very excited about NAEP. I've been writing about this for weeks, getting Mm -hmm. ready, uh, looking at the trends coming into this. Uh, And it's interesting. Already there's been uh, a lot of buzz about it and even some preemptive strikes, I would say, uh, by some Mm -hmm. of uh, your colleagues, John White in Louisiana, raising concerns about the switch to a tablet-based assessment this year, which might put some states at a disadvantage. Uh, States that serve lots of disadvantaged kids or uh, low-performing kids and states like Louisiana that don't yet test young young kids uh, on tablets mm-hmm. or computers. Uh, so we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, my, my understanding is that the results uh, do include a look at paper and pencil exams at the national level, okay. but not at the state and local level. So uh, maybe John's onto something. But set that aside because we can only speculate what those results might show for the next week. Seen them? Yes. I have not. not. Seen them. I have not seen them, but uh, I wish I've been trying. Anybody yes. out there have them? Hey, send them my way. <laughs> you won't embrace them. They're safe with me. But what we do know, looking backwards, is that as a nation, uh, things have been awfully flat for a while now, Hannah. Yeah. Now, you know, you, you served in the George W. Bush administration, yeah. as did I. Uh, back in those years, we were used to good news. Every time Nate came out, it was going up, up, up. Uh, That seemed to come to a halt around late 2000s, around Mm -hmm. 2008, 2009, 2010, depending on which test you're looking at, uh, for the most part. And the question is why? Have have we lost a whole decade of educational progress here in America? What's going on? I I don't think we've lost a decade of progress. I do think there's, we love to have this like one thing that changes everything for the better or for the worst or a reason why things mm-hmm. are happening and keep it simple. And I don't think it's that simple. Um, I think John, I have not seen the results yeah. of the upcoming NAEP results. And so uh, I would uh, be remiss in commenting on results yeah, I yeah, have not seen. Yeah, However, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I did read uh, John White's piece on on some of his um, theories around impact around whether it's access to 
um, uh, computer-based testing or younger students having mm-hmm. been tested. I think those are fair, uh, fair uh, comments to make and yep. things that we should wrestle with. I think that we need to take a bigger picture look at what's happening in the ed reform space. Mm-hmm. What have we seen? And if I look back and I, I own this, mm-hmm. if you will, and looking at um, my work in the last 15 years or so, too often, I think we said testing, accountability, and choice. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm grossly generalizing, mm-hmm. but go with me mm-hmm. for a minute. Hey, I, I like those um, three. You're all with right, you, you, All right. You Which I me. firmly believe yeah. in. You had me at testing. Um, yeah. okay. yeah. <laughs> I, I, we should have paused for a brief getting moment. Um, all that to say, I think we said this is the end all be all. Yeah. And what I would say is it is absolutely a necessary foundation. But if we want to say that having those three things, testing, mm-hmm. accountability, choice, um, will produce, if you will, or deliver all that we're hoping for in our education system. I think that's a flawed presupposition. And yeah. I think an unintended consequence of the last probably 15 or 20 years is because it was such a hard fight just to get the foundation in place, mm-hmm. those things, we ended up often sounding like that, that we thought that was the end all be all instead of saying, mm-hmm. this is necessary, but not sufficient. Mm-hmm. And we've got to build on the foundation. So this this idea, these rumors I'm hearing out there that, Maybe we should have never talked about assessment or accountability mm-hmm. or choice because they didn't work. And I put that in air quotes. Yeah. I think that's baloney. But I think we have to be reflective and say there's probably more to this equation than just a foundation. Now, mm-hmm. that, that all makes sense to me. I mean, look, we, we did a, a put out a study uh, back in 2010 by Mark Schneider, which I think was kind of prophetic in what he was arguing. He was looking at Texas's results and they had seen these big improvements mm-hmm. in the 90s and early 2000s, and then they stalled. Yep. Uh, and it happened a little bit before the nation as a whole stalled. And the report was called the Accountability Plateau. Yep. And his argument was it seemed like accountability had this one-time big shock to the system, which improved achievement, especially for lowest-performing kids. Right. We, we've never gone backwards from it, right? but then it hits a plateau. And then the question is, what are we going to do to get to the next That's level? Right. Mm-hmm. And at the time, we speculated, well, maybe it's going to be Common Core. Maybe it's going to be teacher evaluations. Now, uh, here we are in 2018, and uh, we got this flat trend line. Now, other people would say, hey, you know, let's not forget this enormous headwind, which was yeah. the Great Recession, mm-hmm. right? The worst res- uh, you know, recession since the yep. Great Depression. Some uh, rigorous evidence coming out from Carabo Jackson and others saying that, that the, the recession and the spending cuts and, and probably stuff going on in kids' lives at home may have had an impact, negative impact on achievement. So that could be a factor. Right. I mean, so, I mean, all these things, this is a hard thing about Nate. We, we can see the trend lines, but it's hard to explain them, but looking forward. All right. Yeah. So let's say, okay, the recession is starting to be in the rear view mirror. Uh, we've had all this activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, now what, what, if, yeah. if, if testing accountability and choice are necessary, but not sufficient, mm-hmm. what is next yeah. on the agenda that might give us another shot at boosting uh, student achievement again, again, with the assumption that hey, right. when we boost achievement, it means kids are better prepared right. coming into high school, mm-hmm. better prepared going into post-secondary, better right. prepared to do well in life. This stuff matters. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important and not to men- name check John White for, I think, the third time on this podcast, yeah. but, you know, they're doing a ton of work around curriculum. I think what happens inside the classroom is so important. We're seeing a lot of interest in CTE as well. These things that engage kids that go deeper than just kind of these frameworks. At the same time, though, if those mm-hmm. headwinds take away the choice, the accountability, the testing that we've had in place for mm-hmm. 10, 20 years, like that's also a problem that we need to All right. so, so keep the foundation but add more focus on mm-hmm. curriculum more focus on CTE what else I, I, so I would say too, <laughs> I completely agree with that I also would say I mean why do you want to know where you stand you know testing accountability mm-hmm. so you can do something about it and yeah. so what we saw in New Mexico candidly is those folks who 
you know, said, giddy up, now what? Mm-hmm. And started to engage the opportunity to ask tough questions about mm-hmm. leadership, teacher quality, mm-hmm. and actually not just ask the questions, but do something. Mm-hmm. They're seeing double digit gains. Those districts who are mm-hmm. still pushing back mm-hmm. and saying, trying to fight and turn the, you know, go backwards mm-hmm. are, are going, are going backwards with their yeah. kids. Oh. So the, I would say yeah. it's a huge, we're starting to see a divide right there. The other thing I think you mentioned CTE. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I'm sure you guys have looked at this, you know, all of, uh, we've got 36 gubernatorial candidates up, mm-hmm. about 17 guaranteed changes. Number one topic, mm-hmm. regardless of Democrat or Republican, CTE. Why yep. CTE? Here's what I think. I think the last 20 years in ed reform have been really hard, yep. really hard. The darling phase is over. So ring mm-hmm. the bell. It's time to, <laughs> to think about this a little bit and ask the tough questions you're mm-hmm. asking right now um, during this conversation. And I think what we'll see is governors saying, I know I can be an economic workforce governor, mm-hmm. education governor. Price tag is incredibly high. Mm-hmm. How do I begin to bridge mm-hmm. the gap that still exists between K-12 and workforce and economic needs in my state? Well, I think the quick, easy answer, and I, mm-hmm. I am going to say quick and easy, is CTE. My question is, what the bleep do we mm-hmm. mean by that? Yeah. And I think the next steps around policy are going to have to be much more clearly aligned to regional and local yep. workforce and Amen. economic mm-hmm. needs Amen. without mm-hmm. throwing out mm-hmm. that baby with the bathwater around mm-hmm. the foundation, but building on it. But we're going to have to get innovative, agile, mm-hmm. and more responsive to local needs that really demonstrate sooner results in our workforce and economic demands. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to continue. You can't win just on defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we're just defending the foundation, we will not win for yep. kids. Yep. So we're going to have to be responsive Mm-hmm. but also be be really smart about our responsiveness. Mm-hmm. Preaching to the choir. No, and, and you're you're spending time out in Colorado these days, and I there's am. a state that is ahead of the curve yep. on CTE. It's been doing a lot of good work that I think folks Agreed. are going to want to pick up on. And, and you're right. It's, it's easy to say you're for career and technical education. It is hard to actually figure out how to make it come out right, which mm-hmm. means, you know, having kids in high school doing really challenging, rigorous work that yep. combines academics with the technical stuff that's going to actually lead to a credential, valuable in the workplace, and yep. good-paying jobs. It's uh, That is no small feat. And when you go out trying to find places that are doing it, suddenly it's hard. <laughs> it is very hard. And I also think, you know, we ran away from CT for a long time for mm-hmm. a reason. Yeah. We were afraid of tracking. We were yep. afraid of... And, and so what does the new CTE look like that's, that is absolutely thoughtful but is not fearful about the reality that we've got to think about not just college. Mm-hmm. We said college and career mm-hmm. ready, and we kind of... Yep. Miss the career piece. Yep. Yeah. And so what does that look like? It probably means we're re-envisioning the last two years of high school. Community colleges, mm-hmm. if they want to be in this space, can be incredibly agile and responsive, in my opinion. Or we're going to see other pathways and avenues to being responsive emerge mm-hmm. much more than we have mm-hmm. before. I also think one of the things we didn't talk about that's created this dynamic and I, once again, I think 20 years ago, we made it a mandate and we should have, and, and it was right to say what's happening for our students in urban settings mm-hmm. um, that we have often forgotten mm-hmm. and or said, well, you know, lower expectations. Right. And so we did a really good job of saying every child can learn and we have an expectation for every single student. What we didn't do well mm-hmm. is pivot and make sure when we said every child, we also meant rural America. Mm-hmm. And I also think we're seeing a huge reaction in rural America, middle middle America, if you will, because they feel forgotten. Yeah. And that's shame on us in the ed reform space, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So how do we also begin to think about responsive policies 
that aren't just tailored, but but recognize mm-hmm. urban centers, mm-hmm. but also recognize yeah. rural. I mean, I think getting to that too is the thing that we started sort of started this discussion on, which is this issue of technology and classroom and personalized learning. And I think on NAEP and in every other you know area in education as well, like that's going to be the story of the next 10 years. How are we creating good technology for students and how are we making sure that they're learning from it? And I think that's something to watch too. I totally agree. The one push I have on that is at the end of the day, I think Who's going to disagree with personalized learning? I mean, for the love of God, it sounds so good. I I mean, I want it yesterday. (laughs) Right. What that means, once again, like career tech, we're going to have to push ourselves. We're going to have to ask and push for new and innovative Mm -hmm. ways to think about this. And whenever you innovate, it gets uncomfortable because there's a tension of holding that foundation, but also being um, agile enough to be responsive. Mm -hmm. And and you know what I like most, uh, Hannah, is that earlier you used the phrase giddy up. Which I wonder is only after spending time in New Mexico. Uh, that, that, that is excellent. All right. Hey, Hannah Skandera, again, the former Secretary of Education in New Mexico, Chiefs for Change board member. Hope you'll come back sometime. Thank you. That is all the time we've got for our Ed Reform update. Now it's time for everybody's favorite, Amber's Research Minute. Welcome back to the show, Amber. Thank you, Mike. So we've been talking about March Madness. So go ahead. Amber won. Ten years against your own team. Ten years. I've never won. She voted against her team and she voted against my team. I did. My Michigan Wolverines. And your your bracket was just brutal to everyone. It was. It was. (laughs) I know. I feel like bad, but not so bad after you win, and I'm seventy five dollars richer. Oh man! Buy a nice pair of shoes with that. (laughs) Pair of shoes. You know, some people in the past have donated that to charity. Well, I'm not. Never mind. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't think that's. Have you ever won? Have you donated charity? I don't. There was a time when we used to have a rule that if you you would get your money back if you were the last. last place. And oh, that right. I won on several occasions. Yes, so. um, nice. we used to have like a. I won ten dollars once for getting second place at. Oh. Uh, yeah. I think it was our yeah. twenty fourteen World Cup bracket. All yeah. right. But, mm-hmm. anyway. Oh, which we're not doing the World Cup this year. We are boycotting Russia. I'm sorry. Oh, are we? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Andrew's well, like, where's the love for me? He, right? He's like, well, what about me? What about me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came Andrew's in third and he's doing, not even oh, from the States. So come on, that was not Seriously, bad. He's going to crush us in the World Cup. Okay, yeah. uh, but but we digress. What you got we for digress. us this week? Yes, we have a new study out by Calder, mm. our buddy Dan Goldhaber and Corey Cadell, examining whether teacher education programs are responsive to publicly released evaluation ratings and more specifically, whether they respond to an information experiment designed to change their practices, which would in turn increase their rating. You guys hear oh. about the study? Uh, I can't yeah. even understand. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to spell it out. <laughs> this part you will remember. Uh, NCTQ, National Council on Teacher Quality, in 2013 issued a highly public, highly visible set of ratings, first time ever of teacher education programs called the Teacher Prep Review. We all mm-hmm. remember that, right? Maybe we do. The study looked at whether programs changed in response to those ratings. And whether if you gave them a customized nudge that explained how they could increase their particular program's rating, whether they would actually do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So the study focuses on elementary education programs with published ratings in 2013 through 2016. On the descriptive front, they find that program ratings appear to be linked to program characteristics. For example, private institutions tend to be rated lower. And institutions with higher tuition and entrance exams tend to be rated higher. Mm-hmm. They also observed that over the three years, the ratings improved overall for 26% of programs 
declined for 14% and stayed the same for 61%. Mm -hmm. Now for the experimental part. Uh, They assigned each program to a specific recommendation that would boost their rating in particular. For instance, researchers recommended, for instance, that that they raise their GPA for program admittance to Mm 3.0 or provide written feedback to student teachers at least five times. These are types of things that in their metric, they get more points for. Okay. Okay. So then these recommendations were intended to be low hanging fruit. They made a point of saying, you know what? We think they can do these things. These seem to be short term kind of things as opposed to like revamping your entire reading curriculum for Mm -hmm. all your people that might take a while. And then they randomly select half of the programs within each recommendation group to the treatment condition that didn't receive the tailored recommendation and the, the treatment group. The program administrator for the program, the teacher ed program person, Mm -hmm. and the university president got a customized letter explaining like, here's the recommendation, here's how it would improve your rating, here's why we suggest that you do it, that kind of thing. Wait, like a letter letter? They got like an email letter. (laughs) Okay, or email maybe? Email. Delivery by owl. And it was on- Spammed a bunch of university. I'm guessing it was a letterhead. Okay, thank you. That was my question. Okay. You guys getting caught up on the snail <laughs> mail? I'm just, I, I'm I'm just, just a, surprised anybody This is an here. experiment. <laughs> Look, we do this at Fordham. We try to think about how to get people to take Respond. our advice. We do. We do. And not even to get, easy to get them to open an email. This is true. Um, they, they were them? not able to see. Now, if you guys really want to get in the <laughs> sorry, weeds, they sorry. were not able to see whether people open their email or not, but they didn't have that many bounce backs, yada, yada. They think that the things actually went through. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. The letters were sent out the last week of July 2013, close to when the inaugural program ratings appeared in U.S. News and World Report. Finally, the key finding results show that the treated programs actually had lower ratings from 2013 to 2016 than those in the control group. Huh? They decreased what? <laughs> 0.13 to 1.5 like rating points, which is about 22% of a standard deviation. Mm-hmm. So then the last half of the paper is trying to figure out what the heck happened, yeah. right? What could be going on? Um, they suggest that perhaps their recommendations weren't that feasible after all, mm. since raising the GPA could obviously mean losing students and mm-hmm. cash, Avenue. especially since 9%, 9%, did you know, was that low? Of undergrad programs have a 3 point GPA, 3.0 minimum GPA mm-hmm. as of 2013. Teaching undergrad programs. Yep. Okay. And then they also discuss the hostility toward the ratings from the larger teacher ed community uh, and posit that they're extra touch may have just inflamed those hostilities where they just like, screw you, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do the opposite. I don't know. Finally, they hypothesized that perhaps their experiment was initiated too early since private uh, research has showed that these nudges are very sensitive to the timing in which Mm -hmm. they happen. Regardless, they end up saying, you know, it's a very curious finding since the broader literature shows that post-secondary institutions are indeed more responsive to public ratings like these, you know, the mm-hmm. annual U.S. News, the Barons. We see these universities responding to this stuff, but in this case, they it appear not, not to have responded. So next time, here, here's here's my suggestion <laughs> for our friends at NCTQ, no. okay? We send my cousin Vinny over to these ed schools and we say, hey, it'd be a real shame if your rating dropped. You might want to think about some things you might do to increase it. What? And we'll see. <laughs> Why is your cousin getting involved? He's got, a, he's got a bat behind his back or something. Yes, like I'm a patrulli. Come on. Right. I'm talking about my Italian heritage. I'm just saying oh, like a, a letter is not enough. Oh, clearly, you got to kind of, you know. I don't know. What do we think? Do we up. think that they were just giving the middle finger to this know. letter or it just what? seems like, is this not possible that this is just random? Them that this is just, yeah, this is Dan Goldhaber, people. I, I mean, also don't feel like those things are just like study. easy, 
easy checks, know. like particularly at a university, like, oh, let's just raise our GPA. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily an actually yeah. realistic that, that low is, hanging fruit. That, okay. that is bizarre. But I will say this. Look, the fact that 26% <laughs> of these teacher prep programs nationwide have yeah. improved their ratings is is important. And, yeah. and our friends at NCTQ would like more people to pay attention to yes. that because there is this mm-hmm. perception that it is impossible to get ed That's schools right. to improve. And it's not impossible. That's right. This, this project of theirs seems to have had some payoff. Yes. And I made a point of including that because Kate was blogging about it yep. uh, on her blog and she mm-hmm. made the point too because it was kind of a little bit buried in there in the descriptive findings. And mm-hmm. the descriptive findings are important. They're obviously not the causal stuff or on the yep. experimental side. And they can't say, well, our ratings did this, mm-hmm. um, but they did see a little bump. So mm-hmm. yes, that is worth saying. So I think, Amber, next time we come out with a study with recommendations, I'd like to then have a follow-up study hmm. looking at if we nudge people to follow our recommendations, right. do they follow Whether our they recommendations? actually do it. Yeah. Ooh, Boom. Two birds with one stone. Yes. Yeah. Mm, we'll talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Thank you, Amber. Hey, go yes. get well. Woo. I will, I hope. All right. That's all the time we got for this week. Till next week. I'm Melissa Schwing. And I'm Mike Petrilli of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute signing off. The Education Gadfly Show is a production of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute, located in Washington, D.C. For more information, visit us online at edexcellence.net.